0: human milk, where we give you bite-sized episodes on the latest science and innovation surrounding human milk. This podcast is brought to you by Prolacta Bioscience, a company dedicated to advancing the science of human milk. I'm your host, registered dietitian, Kelly Hawthorne. Today we will be discussing what makes Prolacta unique in its dedication to both safety and quality of its human milk-based neonatal products. I'm excited to welcome to the podcast today Mr. Scott Aker. Scott is the Chief Operations Officer at Prolacta. And prior to working at Prolacta, Scott worked at Baxter, where he was responsible for developing and deploying standardized quality systems across multiple biologic and medical device manufacturing facilities in the US and in Europe. So thank you for joining us today, Scott.
1: Oh, thanks, Kelly. It's my pleasure.
0: Well, Scott, to start with, um, what sets Prolacta apart in terms of donor milk safety compared to other milk banks?
1: Well, Kelly, I think when you're talking about the safety of, of any biologic material, and which is really what is the basis for our products, it begins with the donor selection and, and qualification process. So we have to find and select the best quality donors. So before someone can qualify to donate their breast milk to us, they're gonna have to go through an extensive medical and social screening. We we tell our donors that we are gonna get personal details uh, about their health, their lifestyle, and their travel. The donor then has to go and obtain written confirmation of their health status from their physician. And that's to ensure that the information that the donor has given us up to this point is complete around the conditions that they might have or the uh, drugs that they might have been prescribed. We also require that they get their baby's pediatrician to sign off that it's okay for mom to donate her excess breast milk. And that really is around, is baby exclusively breastfed if under six months or breast milk plus complementary foods after that? Is baby healthy? growing, no reason that mom can't donate that excess milk. Once the donor gets through that step, then we actually have to do some testing. And that means that we're going to send a phlebotomist to the donor's house. We're going to draw some blood and we're going to screen that donor for any evidence of infectious disease, specifically HIV one and two, HTLV one and two, hepatitis B, hepatitis C, and syphilis the next thing that, ha- that happens is unique to us. We really wanna be able to uniquely identify that donor and match her to her milk when, it re- when it's received in our facility. And so we're also gonna take a sample of the donor's cheek cells, and we use that to create a genetic profile of the donor. It's basically just a forensic barcode. And then when the milk donation is received at the facility, we can take a sample of that milk, we can extract the DNA from that, create a profile, and we can then verify that milk came from that donor that we qualified and only that donor. We call that DNA matching, and we're the only ones in the human milk industry that is taking that extra step.
0: Yeah, I think that DNA matching is such an above and beyond step in your process, and it's not required by the FDA or a different Oversight agencies, um, so it's great, but it, it must add a lot to the workload. What was the impetus for taking this extra step?
1: Well, many of us that have been here, and I've been at ProLacta for 13 years, come from a background in human blood plasma collection and processing. And in in that situation, where you're collecting blood or plasma, the donor is coming to you. You are verifying their identity, and then you're taking a sample directly from the donor, and you can trace that sample, that donation, all the way from that donor through your process all the way out to the customer at the end. And that's something that we couldn't do with human milk because moms are pumping their milk at all hours of the day and night. And we are not there. So they're shipping that product to us. So what we needed was a way to definitively say that the milk we received came only from that donor. And and that was something that we felt was necessary in order to say that we had that traceability, we could ensure the quality of the product. And so that was the impetus for putting that DNA matching in place. It's really about ensuring that we have traceability Uh, from the donor all the way to the baby that's receiving the product.
0: So that's great how you can verify that the milk is received from that qualified donor through your uh, DNA matching process. But how do you actually make sure that none of the milk that you get doesn't have some kind of trace of a disease or a virus?
1: So we come from uh, an industry where the philosophy was, test every donation every time you collect it. And that was very different um, from what we thought we could do here. Initially, we didn't have any way to test every donation. We could only test the donor at the time that um, that that she became a donor and then at some frequency thereof. So what we do now, after a lot of work, was we test each milk donation for the nucleic acid of each of those viruses that I talked about before. So that's HIV, HTLV, hepatitis B, hepatitis C, and then the bacteria syphilis. We added zika virus into that panel because screening the donor was not a reasonable option. And then recently, we've also added tuberculosis, Mycobacterium tuberculosis to that panel. And we also t- do a number of other tests of our donors of our donations. Like for example, we test for drugs of abuse um, and we also test for nicotine. So
0: it's really exciting to see all of the steps that you're taking um, to ensure the safety of the donor human milk products. And I'm gonna go ahead and ask the question that everybody is asking right now is, what about the coronavirus? And uh, what do we know about uh, the transmission of this virus through breast milk? Well,
1: there's a couple of things that are uh, very, very positive in that area. Number one, the data that has been generated so far does not seem to indicate that a mom that has coronavirus will be passing that coronavirus in her milk. Now, those are small samples of uh, moms that they looked at, but that's definitely promising data. I think more importantly, is what we know about pasteurization and coronavirus. Fortunately, coronavirus is a reasonably heat-sensitive virus and so there is very good data on the temperatures that you need to achieve in order to inactivate coronavirus and pasteurization is a very effective way to inactivate coronavirus. Not only is there published data out there but we've actually done our own internal validation of pasteurization against model viruses in the same class of virus as coronavirus and pasteurization is very effective against coronavirus.
0: Awesome, Scott. That is, I really appreciate all of that information. I think it's so comforting to hear that the pasteurization processes that you already have in place are sufficient to knock out the coronavirus from any of the human milk products. Um, I wanted to ask you about some of the online milk sharing that we see prevalent on Facebook groups. It's literally everywhere in every major US city you can find online milk sharing. And there's so many concerns about that, everything from uh, temperatures and and leakage and thawing during shipping and just on one end of the scale. And uh, another concern with, with things like that would be, um, the temptation to top off the breast milk with things like cow's milk or water or, or even infant formula that might either dilute the milk or something uh, because it's typically sold by volume or by the ounce. What does Prolacta do to ensure that the donated milk that you receive from your moms uh, doesn't have that problem as well? I mean, I know that you do a lot about education, but is there a way that you verify that as well?
1: Absolutely. So I think you you touched on most first and foremost is educating that donor but we have a responsibility to verify the answers and so when it comes to things like cow's milk or soy milk or infant formula we actually have tests that we perform on each and every donation as they come in for adulterants that moms could add to their donation to increase the volume And that includes water dilution. We have a a test that we can look at the donations to determine whether or not we believe that there may have been water added to that dilution or added to that donation.
0: I think that's great. Um, And and what other safety precautions does Prolacta take in the manufacturing of its donor human milk products?
1: Well, we know that um, microbiological contamination is a big concern for babies in the NICU and and that the the food that they're receiving needs to be free of those contaminants. And so we perform microbiological testing throughout our process. We we test our environments that we manufacture the product in and we test the product all along the way from the donation at the donation level all the way down to the final product. And we're looking for total bacterial count we're looking for pathogens like Bacillus cereus, E. coli, and, and other coliform organisms like that, Salmonella, because this is a food product, Pseudomonas, Staph aureus, and we're, and we're looking for yeast and mold. And one of the things that, that we've done is we've tried to segregate the upstream portion of the process where we receive the milk and we pool the milk and for testing. From where we actually manufacture the product downstream. And that creates a, a level of safety that only released donations are going to be used in the downstream process. So we've we built a second facility. The first facility is where a raw milk donor, raw donor milk is received and where it's tested for adulteration, drugs of abuse, those disease-causing organisms we talked about, and we verify that DNA matching. And then once those donations have been tested, we know they're good then we can put them on a freezer truck and we can send them over to the other facility where then they're made into the products that are going to be going out to hospitals. And that really is the measure of safety to ensure that only approved milk is being processed and pasteurized.
0: That's exciting just to see the growth in the, the second facility coming on, on board and just the, the excitement of that. What about medication? So if, if a mom is sick and needs to be on some short-term antibiotics or, uh, or something like that, how does she communicate that with you and are you able to use some of that milk?
1: It, it very much depends. What we have is an extensive database of prescription drugs, over-the-counter drugs, supplements, vitamins, but it also includes health conditions, uh, geographic restrictions that might be in place. And our milk banking staff, who are certified lactation educators, have access to that. So when a donor contacts us or we contact them to check in and tells us maybe they've had a cold or maybe they are wondering about being able to take a particular supplement, we can go into that database and we can ensure that that is either acceptable or if it's not acceptable, we can tell, exa- tell the donor exactly what to do. So our, our staff works with the donors to make sure that any milk that can't be donated, that they segregate that milk, all the milk that they pumped while they were taking that antibiotic, plus the washout period that we have in our database. And what we allow them to do is that the donor that is in our remuneration program, they can go ahead and send that milk in, but they have to segregate it and they have to put it in a yellow bag separate from the milk that was collected when they were not sick or when they were not taking that antibiotic. And then what we will do is we will remunerate them for all of that milk at the same rate, whether it's in the yellow bag or it's in the clear bag. And then we w- we can use that yellow bag milk for say research and development purposes.
0: So I think that's a great update about the safety of donor human milk. So I'd like to switch to the topic of quality. And so what processes do you have in place to make sure that that all of the products have a standardized high quality, that they all have standardized nutrient amounts to help healthcare providers to know that they're giving uh, the exact same product.
1: Well, we know that the nutrient content of uh, the feedings that are that are being used in the NICU for preterm infants is very important and really can make the difference in whether the baby is hitting their growth milestones that the the care team is, has set out or not. And so we're we really are careful about measuring all along the way things like protein, calories and fat and and we use a variety of different techniques to do that. So on the fly in manufacturing, we have rapid techniques that are usually based on infrared or some other technology like that. But then at the end of the process, we're, we're also measuring it using traditional wet chemistry methods like Keldol for protein, because we know those that are really the most accurate and are the gold standard for measuring these nutrients in food. We can target specific concentrations of these nutrients all along the way by using processes like centrifugal separation to separate the cream from the skim and then ultrafiltration processes to concentrate the skin. That allows us to really target the protein concentration of the fortifier. And then we also try to use as much of the donated milk as possible. So when we separate that cream and skim, we don't necessarily need to use all the cream for that fortifier. So we can use that cream to, for example, adjust the calories of our donor milk lots to ensure that they're a minimum of 20 calories per ounce, or to make products like Prolexiar where we can have a fortifier that's really targeted just to increase the caloric content of the feedings. And by doing all of this, we give we try to give the team a lot of options so that they can deliver the precise level of nutrition that they need to get the outcomes that they're looking for.
0: Yeah, exactly. As a NICU dietitian, it, it's very helpful to know that the donor human milk that I'm starting with starts at a base of a minimum of that 20 calorie per ounce. Um, I know that mom's milk may not always be that, but if I can depend on my donor milk being that, then that helps me and gives me another tool in the toolbox to make sure that we can get these little kids to grow we know that there's a lot of time and effort involved for these moms to pump all of this milk and maintain that and so I just have a question about if prolacta compensates women for this when they donate their milk
1: we we do offer remuneration for time and effort that the moms spend in pumping for donation pumping under any circumstances is is challenging in order to keep Supply up a lot of moms pump around the clock and that means they're giving up a lot a lot of sleep and a lot of their time pumping cleaning prepping And when you're donating to prolacta because of the fragile nature of the babies that we're feeding We require our donors to follow a lot of rules that go above and beyond What maybe a mom feeding her baby would have to do things about washing and sanitizing their pumps how they store and ship their donations are all important. And a lot of our donors are also high producers. That means that they are pumping um, a lot of milk over the course of a day and every few hours around the clock. That's really a lot of work. And that's that's one of the reasons why we really felt that remunerating donors for their time and effort was important. We first started looking at this back in the 2010, 2011 timeframe, and we saw that moms were already online finding ways to connect with other moms that needed milk and offering to sell their milk. And then we didn't, we it didn't take too long before we started to see the purpose-built dedicated websites that were serving that purpose. They took moms that had milk and moms that wanted milk and connected them so that they could work out the details of how that was going to happen. There's been published literature around this. And I think anyone can rationally see why there's a lot of bad things that could happen in that scenario. Um, But we wondered, is there a way that you could do it safely? So we didn't feel that what was happening was necessarily a safe way for moms to be able to be remunerated for their time and effort. But could we figure out a way to do it safely? And so we spent um, several years putting together essentially a risk analysis and then systematically addressing those risks through things like adding additional tests to the test for nicotine, for example. Or, as I explained earlier, that that yellow bag process where moms can send in um, some of the milk that maybe would not be acceptable for for us to use in our process and still be remunerated, that came out of the risk assessment that we did around being able to safely remunerate donors.
0: Well, Scott, thank you so much for helping our listeners understand more about the quality and safety issues that Prolacta values. Um, Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you'd like to make sure that our listeners know?
1: Well, we're incredibly proud of our our testing, our manufacturing process, and and the safety and quality that, that we've built into everything that we do. And that's one of the reasons we give several tours uh, every month to healthcare providers, donors, and parents at our facilities. We we really believe that the easiest way to understand why we do everything that we do is to just come and see it for yourself. And And so we're... We're looking forward to uh, the time when we'll be able to open the facility back up and invite people to come and see what we do and, and why we're so proud of it.
0: Yeah, I think seeing it with your own eyes, as you said, just is the, the best way to see the the work that you're doing. And the fact that you're so transparent with everything um, is is just a wonderful aspect of the company. So thank you again, Scott, for this very informative discussion. I'm always excited talking about breast milk and to to be able to focus specifically on safety and quality of these donor human milk products is really important for our listeners. And so thank you for your time today. For our listeners, links to information discussed will be available in the show notes. And we look forward to bringing you future topics on the science of human